a word of, a word of warning, a word of warning, gang. Uh, there are certain elements that are going to be <laughs> heard in the following 45 minutes that uh, may be of questionable taste. That is, to those of you who uh, question taste and who realize that life itself is basically in poor taste, you may find all the rest of the stuff that comes along in fantastically good taste. I'm forever blowing bubbles, pretty bubbles in the air. And so here I stand, knee-deep in the rubble and the wreckage of old Christmas parties. Old busted Christmas tree ornaments in the corner and old defeated Christmas trees foistering, uh, or rather uh, roistering and festering on street corners. Old defeated 1972 Christmas parties. We're still surrounded by the rubble and the wreckage. I'm forever blowing bubbles. Pretty bubbles in the air. They fly so high. Nearly reach the sky. Do you like my dreams? They fade and die. la da 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 la da da La da 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 la da la da da. I'm forever blowing bubbles, pretty bubbles in the air. if I boiled up a little of this uh, cornmeal mush. 
Thank you, George. You just let that go to the next cut, George. I think I'll do... No, just the next cut. Just let it go, George. Don't even touch the knob there. Uh, yes, but think, think, uh, if, uh, if, uh, just let it go in the next cut, George. It's, it's just, uh, don't stop it. What'd you stop it for? Oh, that's the last cut. Oh, that's kind of good. Yeah, that, now that music fits very much. A salute to passion. You know, that's what jazz is all about. I mean, it ain't about nothing else. I mean, nobody cares how, how, you know, what kind of reed the guy's got in that horn. See, that's the difference between the people who are interested in form and the people who are interested in content. All right, George, bring it up there a little bit. I think I'll sit in with these guys. Mm. I hear you, yes, that's nice. also certain problems, very many problems. For example, I've been uh, debating now uh, for at least a week or two as to how, in various ways, I'm going to go straight in 1973. I've decided the time has come now to straighten up. And uh, I've been, uh, you know, just, I've been accepting ideas and rejecting them, uh, formulating plans, and then reconstructing them. I'll tell you one of the things that I'm going to do in 1973, I'm going to stop bad-mouthing Jersey. 
No, no. Because I think that no matter, you know, no matter how ridiculous the situation is that you're presented with, or how, uh, how basically uh, knavish the situation that may arrive, you should learn to be tolerant. And I'm going to be tolerant in 1973. And I'm going to stop uh, bad-mouthing Jersey. You think that's going to be nice, Jerry? I think so. In fact, you... <laughs> no, I really do. I, I, I mean, because, you know, it must be tough living in Jersey, really. You're so... Well, you're so close to civilization, and yet you're so... You know, it's, it's like a gulf, a fantastic gulf. It's like living on one side of the Grand Canyon, and uh, on the other side of the Grand Canyon, they're having a big party. And it's a fantastic golf. Oh, listen, uh, I, I like a word of advice, though, from uh, you know, from any of you out there that are prepared to give advice. And uh, while we're on the subject of advice, we have a little... That's a perfect lead in for commercial here. And by God, uh, a little advice to you here. Would you hit the general tire button, please? General Tire. Oh, here's a safe driving tip from General Tire. During this busy holiday season, uh, here's a tip from the General Tire people. Try this year, for the first time in your driving career, to stay on the road, for God's sakes. And uh, here's another tip from General Tire. If you need a long mileage tire, get General's 40,000-mile radial tire, the dual steel radio. And if uh, this Christmas and New Year's holiday season is giving you the uh, fig newtons, uh, you're a little worried about things, and there's that bumping sound up in the front, we suggest that you consult your General Tire retailer and have him out those magnificent dual steel radial tires on your tin can. And he wishes yours and, and all, of these, all the people that you know a smiling holiday season. General Tire. Oh, and if you'd like to... No, no, you'll have to look them up in the red book there. General Tire. It's under... Under uh, stupid general tire. What else you think it's under? Let's see. Uh, how about uh, how about a little shoe town drama? Do you have the shoe town drama, please? And now a super shoe bonus from mm. Shoe Town. Well, oh, oh, is that it? I'm the bonus. Oh, that's kind of nice. I like that. Oh boy, and is it ever exciting? Oh, bump and bump, bump. Uh, men, what's the most practical, most convenient boot for rainy and snowy weather? <laughs> well, famous totes. And who's got them at the fantastic price of three forty-nine? Only Shoe Town, of course. Yes, fellows, these have calf-high totes for only three forty-nine. They're the uh, stretch boots, you know, that you can put down over your head if you want to walk around. They're really great. They give up to the calf protection. These totes are for our men. Their men totes are slightly irregular, but the imperfections are so small that you'll never find them. In fact, it's the imperfection that makes them beautiful. And uh, they no way affect, like, you know, like a Rembrandt painting, they in no way affect the wear. Only the price. These totes are only three forty-nine at Shoetown. That's 41% off the if-perfect price. Shoetowns all around the, are all around the area, except in Ocean, Mercer, and Monmouth counties. Shoetown, a division of the Fellsway Corporation. Uh, you all know all Al Fells way. Stands around on a corner. To... All right, friends, this is uh, this is enough to uh, cap your holiday off. Eating at Mama Leone's restaurant is a gay festive occasion any time. The place is simply bubbling over with all the music and laughing, and the waiters bustling about with still another dish. It's the perfect place to take the family if they really like to scoff. 
better reserve a table for New Year's Eve at Mama's. If you eat early from 4 p.m. till 8 p.m., it's the same as every other day. But from 9 o'clock, this is till midnight on New Year's, Mama has a special menu. You'll get the, you know, exploding pies and all that. You'll get noisemakers, hats, party favors, and a complete dinner, only $11 for the package. Make Mama's your place to celebrate the holidays. Mama Leone's at 239 West 48th Street. The phone number is, I repeat, JU65151. JU65151. Mama Leone. Have special favors, you know, little funny hats and uh, concrete uh, concrete overshoes. Now, it's going to be really exciting. This is WOR New York. <laughs> the big town. Uh, indeed. We've done all the commercials. Well, you can tell it's after Christmas. I'm forever blowing bubbles. It kind of gives me a sense of freedom, though. I can wallow around like here like a pig, you know. In fact, I, I feel a little bit like a, a pig, you know, where they're, where they're open up the canned corn. And he's rolling around in the mud. Kind of good. It's, a, it's a feeling that uh, I'm looking forward to 1973 with total, with, uh, total confidence. I'm firmly convinced 1973 will arrive. That's total confidence. And uh, that's about all I can uh, say. It, it, will, it will come. And uh, I don't know what kind of a year it's going to be. It's going to be like every other year. Good, bad, rotten, and different, fantastic. Depends on, the, you know, who you meet during the year and how it works out. And uh, <laughs> a lot of things. Have you ever really looked at the future and say, what a fantastic... Uh, un- think of the people that you don't even know yet. Think of the fantastic situations you're going to get into in the next year that you have no inkling of. I mean, that's what makes... Man, the, the worst thing that could happen to people if uh, if they actually develop the means whereby you could foretell the future. You know, this uh, the Gene Dixon syndrome. <laughs> and, and, uh, yeah, how would you feel uh, now if, you, if, if, uh, if they really could foretell the future, see, and they, they really knew, you knew for a fact, then I'd say uh, February 3rd, you're going to be riding in an elevator and uh, some building, and the door opens, and in walks this unbelievable chick. And she's going to look you right in the eye and say, what are we waiting for, baby? Come over to my place. Now, how would you react to that if you knew that was going to happen February 14th, we'll say, or February 3rd, or February 9th? Would you not go into any elevators on that day? Or would you make damn sure that you did nothing that day but ride up and down on elevators? <laughs> That's right. Oh, by the way, I have a very difficult uh, problem that uh, I have to face. This is a curious Christmas we've just passed through. Uh, you, you remember a few years ago when everybody was sending everybody else vaguely obscene Christmas cards? It's all over. Yep, that's done. Uh, you know, that's it, done. You remember the smart Christmas cards? That's all gone. And now Christmas cards, as you notice from the past uh, season, became, again, very sentimental. There were many uh, Santa Clauses riding under uh, green trees uh, with snow, uh, there were many uh, people following uh, various types of stars and stuff. You know, there's a whole uh, a return to uh, romanticism. However, it was spotty. It was very spotty. For example, I received in the mail uh, in, in beautiful gold wrapping with ribbons and all that kind of jazz on it. I received in the mail a gift 
a complete selection, a 12, of totally, totally in color. Some of them are even stereo. Uh, porny magazines as a gift, a serious gift. Okay, now how do you feel that one? But to begin with, porny magazines have never done much to me because, well, actually, you know, that's uh, people who live vicariously have always bothered me. I have felt that sex is not, per se, the second reel of a Swedish movie. It is not. It is something entirely different. And uh, I prefer, you know, the, the kind of the real thing, see. I mean, for example, I've never been a guy that sat around and read recipes. I just went out and scoffed. You know, that was a, <laughs> a different thing. Uh, so, again, the vicarious existence that is coming into constant conflict with real experience. Some prefer the vicarious. Others prefer the experience. I guess many people shy away from the real experience because it can be dangerous. Yes, indeed, uh, Sometimes some of this passion that you get involved in in the real life can often involve gunfire. It can involve uh, fist fights, guys hitting you in the mouth, and all kinds of things. You never get that sitting watching a movie with Peter O'Toole. I mean, he gets hit in the mouth, but you don't get hit in the mouth, right? So many people will opt for that. Uh, and it also goes with the pointy magazines. However, the reason that I brought this up is because it has presented me with a very difficult problem. I was presented by a, uh, you know, a fairly uh, fairly affluent close friend of mine. And uh, you better listen to this, George, because this may happen to you one day, and you, you're going to want to know how to feel that I got a gift, right? It came in a very elegant box, and it was all wrapped in, with that tissue paper and all that in it, see? And it obviously came from a very expensive place. And there was a big, heavy, you know, beautiful box. I thought, geez, something great in here. Maybe he's giving me a 38 or something like that. Had that feeling, like if you can imagine somebody wrapping a police special, 38, in the tissue paper and putting it in a Christmas box, you know, wrapping it. I wonder if you know if guys in the mafia presented each other with gifts like that. You know, can't you see this hitman, and uh, and uh, you know his his family uh, decides to go all out, you know, and they buy him a a, a magnificent nine millimeter German machine pistol, made by Luger. And, uh, you know, the real thing. <laughs> and it comes all gift-wrapped with instructions and 90-day warranty and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, well, yes, I, I imagine that there's some of that done. I, it, it would be a kind of a touching thing. That would be a great scene, by the way, in a, in a mafia movie. They're all sitting around, Happy Christmas, Luigi, Merry Christmas, Spignoli, Merry Christmas, Big Greasy Tom, Merry Christmas to you. All right, it's time to open the packages, guys. Let's go now. Let's go. And I can see, you know, Greasy Thumb sitting in the corner there, and he unwraps this thing and out drops a magnificent pair of hand-tooled, genuine brass knuckles, uh, magnificent brass knuckles, you know, the kind of hand-tooled, polished. And uh, he says, gee, he says, I always wanted a pair like this. I'm so tired of having them, uh, you know, those rolls of pennies in my hands. You know, you would have pennies. I always seem... Them guys in the movies with these real good ones, you know, the real knucks. And he says, hey, give me a, put them on. Oh, they fit like a glove. It's just what I wanted. Come over here, hey. Hey, come on, Big Mike. Come on over here. I'll try them out. Whack! Oh, God, look at him. He fell like he shot. All right, uh, all right, happy Christmas. <laughs> and uh, it's kind of a touching scene. And, uh, and uh, you know, I, I kind of like to see people enjoy themselves like that. However, I, I was presented with a situation a little bit like that. 
I opened up my Christmas package from this guy, and there he's standing here very happy with his wife, you know. And they're grinning and they're happy. Oh, they're real pleased. I can see that they, they it's, it's, and it wasn't a put-on. It was a very serious a gift they were giving me, and I opened it up. I took the uh, wrapping out, and for one brief second, I didn't quite recognize what it was because it was so elaborately done, magnificent. I, then I saw what it was. My friend, you know, he says, Merry Christmas! And his wife says, Merry Christmas. You've given us so much. We've enjoyed your work so much over the year that we just thought we had to do something really great for you. I said, well, gee, thanks. What can I say after that? It was a pornographic radiator ornament. Now, I don't know whether you've seen these, but it's a pornographic radiator ornament that's made out of German silver. This is not a cheapy thing you buy down at some cheapy joint, you know, and you stick it on with a suction cup. It's a magnificent, hand-sculpted, German silver, pornographic radiator ornament. With, you know, with bolts and everything. you got to get the car drilled out. They're going to put it on, see? So I said, gee, that's, that's, you know, I could see this cost them, you know, uh, an arm and a leg, you know? It was no cheeky. I mean, it looked like it was made by Tiffany. It's beautiful. And I might add, pornographic is all get out. I'll tell you what, it showed in case you well, I, I don't want to I don't want to bring that in. There may be kids listening, but it was kind of great, you know. And uh, on the one hand, I thought, gee, that's really terrific. On the other hand, I could see myself putting a pornographic uh, radiator ornament on my car. And uh, now the question is, and this presents a very difficult uh, philosophical question, friends. I possess now, I am the owner of a pornographic radiator emblem, an ornament. Now, this is a highly, uh, a highly visible gift. You can't just stick it in your closet, and then when you see your friend later, and he says, uh, how you like uh, our gift? You can't fake it. You can't say, well, I'm using it all the time. It's just fantastic. And he said, oh, it's what I always needed. And, uh, I mean, I'm just telling you, my life has changed because I got this thing. Because he's going to see your car, and he's going to see you ain't got it on there. There's no way to use a radiator ornament unless it's on the car, right? Now, what do I do? It's a problem. Now, on the one hand, I could uh, I could save it and give it to somebody else for Christmas next year, which is <laughs> my first impulse. But I realize this is not going to work because I'm going to see this guy. And, I, you know, I drive my car up, and there it is, nothing on the front of my car, nothing but, the, you know, the dents you get from parking in New York, you know, those the corrugated fronts that you get from New York. In fact, you know that one of the car companies is bringing out a pre-dented car where the dents are done artistically. So it kind of looks good on the front there. And uh, yeah, instead of just going out in haphazard or letting these guys back into young crunch, bam, uh, you get them done so they look good. And incidentally, uh, uh, for those of you who do not know what this is about, you can always tell a guy who, you know, lives in New York, a New York car, by the fact that his, uh, usually his the front of his car is maybe six or seven inches shorter. It's pushed in. Uh, so any given automobile, let's say if it's a, it's a, let's say the car is normally 16 feet long, right? Well, if it's a New York car, it's roughly 15 feet, 2 inches long. And uh, that's of the same model. Uh, because you get it from both ends. I mean, sometimes your trunk gets shorter and your, your front end gets shorter. In fact, my car, which happens to be a Fiat, started out life as a Maserati. And I parked on the streets for a couple of months, and it was hammered down into a Fiat 850. 
Uh, it's getting smaller. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's, many guys have got in this co- in this town a, a, a uh, well, let's put it this way, a, an unintentional, uh, involuntary compact car. Uh, they started out with a big luxury model and a couple of weeks of parking in New York. They've got this little car that almost, you know, it's a hard for two people to get in. You know, doors are pushed in sideways. And uh, it's uh, so here I am uh, faced with the problem of the radiator ornament. Now, maybe, maybe you're behind the time. See, I, I, take it, uh, I take it that many of you are not au courant. I mean, you know, au courant. You know what is it, au courant, right? You know what that means? I'm getting a blank look from the uh, control room. Again, I'm faced with basic ignorance. Au courant. Au courant. Uh, well, uh, you know what, uh, au courant? Uh, well, au courant does not have much to do with current jelly, any of that stuff. Uh, au courant. <laughs> Au courant uh, means like, you know, with it, you know? Like you're, like you're, yeah, you know, you know what's happening, right? At the time. A lot of people know what's happening about maybe six weeks late. And uh, they, they start hooking on the stuff. Well, if you're au courant, you must understand that the radiator ornament is coming back really big. It's really big. That's right, really big. And uh, you can get radiator ornaments now for your car that are very elaborate. Uh, back in the uh, time of World War One and back through roughly the 1920s, the radiator ornament was a very important part of a car. And uh, people today have great collections of magnificent radiator ornaments, you know, from cars like the Pierce Arrow. And uh, uh, the Pierce Arrow, for example, has a, has a beautiful silver figure. Uh, the Pierce Arrow, and the figure is, is, has got a bow, and he's, he's, the bow is stretched, and you can see the string and he's about to shoot an arrow into the car ahead of him. Uh, that's the Pierce arrow. Uh, what, what was the radiator ornament? If uh, those of you who are collectors of this sort of thing, true Americana, what was the radiator ornament, for example, of the late benighted Packard? What did it look like? There you go. What was the radiator ornament of the, of the Model A Ford? There's a goodie. What was the radiator ornament of the Model A? No, no. That was an accessory. The radiator ornament of the Model A Ford was not, I repeat, not a, uh, a thermometer. That was an accessory. What was the radiator ornament? All right, there he goes. Joe, you're wrong again. I'm telling you, Joe, you're really having a bad time. You're confusing? No, you've got it all confused. Uh, so, so this has become a very important part of American life. And I, did you see the piece in the Times? All right, listen. If you think it's only Shepard blowing smoke again, listen to this one. New York Times, the New York Times, you know, they're official. Detroit, and this is a piece that appeared recently in the paper. New York Times. All right, let's see what the date was. Uh, da, 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 well, just before Christmas, anyway. And it's written by a guy named Jerry M. Flint, who writes from Detroit, which is where all this stuff comes from, ultimately. And uh, the headline says, Hood Ornament Makes Comeback. Hood Ornament. You remember him? Used to be in them Class B movies with Jimmy Cagney. Used to play the heavies all the time. Hood Ornament. Yeah, he, played all, he, he played the Greek gangster. His name really wasn't the Hood. It was Aristotle Ornament. Uh, but uh, they called him Hood Ornament. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm getting a bad look in there. Detroit. Listen. 
It may be nostalgia, man's craving to be a little different from his neighbor or a secret expression of sexuality. But whatever it is, the automobile hood ornament is coming back big. Once more, the great swans of Packard. If you're curious, the Packard had a swan on it. The great swans of Packard are spreading their wings. Atlas is holding up the world, and chrome-plated women are thrusting forward over the noses of American automobiles. Thousands of car... Now, come on, the Model A... What was that, Joe? Joe's in there making the form of a of a of a hood ornament. Joe, you don't look like that. Get out here so I can see you. I just keep you seeing your arms flapping. No, I'll give you a clue. What was that? Well, all right. <laughs> I'll tell you the the Model A the Model A had as a hood ornament. A, again, listen carefully. It was, it was a, it looked like either a goose or a swan, and its its wings were down. Its wings were bent down. That was a, a an elegant yes. No, that wasn't. No, they weren't backward. That was another one. You're, you're confusing a lot of these things. They had a quail too. One of them had a quail on it. Yeah, a, a regular quail, and he was flying. Which was that one? Well, of course, you all know the one. Is some some of the hood ornaments were so beautiful that they even used multiple metals. For example, which one had a magnificently sculpted Indian, and the, his face was made out of copper? That's right, Pontiac. Now, do you know that the guy? That's right. But it was beautiful. I mean, it was really a lovely piece of sculpture. You know that the guy who who modeled for that, that there was an actual Indian, recently died. Well, he yeah, and he died uh, recently. But he modeled for that uh, that plenty. Speaking of great characters, do you do you watch? Uh, do you ever watch uh, late movies? Do you ever see the uh, on late movies? What picture? What what picture company comes on with a statue of a woman? She's sort of standing up there, and she's got it looks like she's got robes, long robes. Nope. Columbia, correct. Columbia. Do you know that the actress? Hey, wait, listen, fellas, you're going to miss this. Do you know that the actress who modeled for that particular... She was a little bit player back in those days. This actress who modeled for the Columbia emblem recently died, and her only claim to fame was that she modeled that particular emblem. She was actu- It was actually taken from an actual girl who modeled for the emblem of Columbia Pictures, and they still use that, I think. Yeah. Well, she died recently. Who was it? Doesn't matter. I mean, she, you never heard the name. Uh, it, uh, the only reason I know this is that her obituary appeared in the Times a few months back. And it just said the actress who modeled uh, for Columbia, uh, I don't know the name either. So, so it just said actress, and it had a little story about how she was a bit player, and they just pulled her out of the bit player pool. Columbia liked her looks for that particular thing. They just pulled her out, and she modeled for that. And as far as I know, never did anything else. <laughs> But uh, but that particular uh, no she never uh, but uh, another one do you know that the that the Indian uh, who modeled for the the Indian on the nickel you know they, they had an Indian on the back of the nickel that was a real Indian and uh, yeah and that uh, all these people that that's real immortality I mean because if your picture appears on something like a nickel or or uh, something as as long lasting as that. 
Uh, that's immortality. It's about as close as we can get to it. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, the hood ornament is coming back. If you want to hear more of this, listen. Thousands of car buyers, car owners, are buying such ornaments to bolt on their hoods. But Detroit stylists are not missing the trend. Less gaudy crests. If you notice that they're beginning to bring, uh, you can see crests now appearing on the front of cars. They haven't gone all out yet. The caddy's got a big wreath and all that jazz on the front. See, Continentals, Thunderbirds, and Chryslers. Uh, and they're beginning now to work their way down into the cheaper cars, according to this piece. Quote, in a way, it's a renaissance of the classic tradition, said William Mitchell, vice president of styling at GM. With 10 million cars a year coming onto the road, quote, you want to be different, he said. Here's another quote. I, don't, I can't stand a hood that looks like a turkey roaster or a bedpan, <laughs> Mr. Mitchell said. Well, many cars do have hoods that look like turkey roasters. Incidentally, General Motors was the one that really, in a sense, brought that style into being. In their fourth, 1949 uh, uh, Chevy was the first one that had that round... Uh, yeah, and, and they, they, that, the, the, that was the turkey roaster or bedpan school of hood design. <laughs> uh, he says, I, I like to have people look at the car. You drive around and people give it a look, said Louis Zagatti, whose 1972 Pontiac carries a hood ornament of a wreath-holding woman. Now, I saw a fascinating hood ornament one day. I was standing on the corner of 40. I think around 47th and uh, I believe it was uh, either 5th or Madison. And I was waiting for a light. When all of a sudden this car, big caddy, pulls up and it stopped. And uh, it stopped for a second and waited for the light to change. It was a big chauffeur-driven Cadillac. And on the hood was an ornament. Now, this was about five years ago. A beautifully done ornament was on the hood of this car. And it was a, it was a really really a spectacular ornament, but beautifully done, obviously done in in sterling silver, probably by Tiffany's. And the ornament showed. Well, I'll tell you what it showed. Have you have you ever seen uh, have you ever seen that little pie man that you see in the Howard Johnsons? And there was that little pie man done in magnificent detail, and it was a little you know he has this little house like, and it looks like a little Howard Johnson. And, and there he was, and when the car went around the corner, I saw that the license plate simply said H.J., and it was Howard Johnson himself had this magnificent hood ornament on his, uh, on his car. I, I recognized it, and incidentally, he was a listener because I got a letter one time from him. <laughs> Howard Johnson, the real thing. But, uh, but a lot of guys are getting hood ornaments on their cars that don't relate to anything except the thing that they're specifically interested in. So let's say if you're a skier, it's possible for you to get a magnificently done skier who is just about ready to take off. You can see this symbolic silver snow under him, like a crest of a hill, and he's just about to take off. And there he is. He's in classic uh, uh, jump formation. You can see his ski, uh, his poles trading behind him. <laughs> and and that's, that's what they're doing now. Uh, it's been an old tradition, in case you have never seen it, I'd like to point it out. It's been an old tradition among horse people, for example, people who are interested in horses, to have on their cars uh, beautiful hood ornaments of various types of horses. For example, you can get a you can get a Tennessee walking horse in the classic stride position of a Tennessee walking horse. So you can get a you can get a quarter horse. I I was down on a quarter horse ranch here a couple of years ago, and uh, the the guy who ran the quarter horse ranch had a sculptor do a quarter horse. 
in, in sculpted, he sculpted it in, in the clay of a horse uh, in, a, in a classic cutting position. The horse, it was a cutting. You know what a, you know what a cutting horse is? A cutting horse is a horse that cuts uh, cattle out of, out of a herd. He, he's tremendously agile. And so here was this horse. He was, he was making a quick cut turn. It was a quarter horse. You could see the silver dust coming up from under his feet, and uh, and on his on his back was a, was a uh, was a rider who was who was riding as a cutting rider would ride. He was riding low and and leaning over the saddle, and obviously he was about to, to rope a, a steer. Well, he had this beautiful thing put on the front of his car, <laughs> and so you could get all these kind of things. Now, if you're if you're a doctor, for example, you can get a you, you know you can get a magnificent symbolic scalpel. Uh, done in bronze, <laughs> and, and and if you really want to get uh, you know really symbolic, you have this symbolic scalpel, and it's cutting into a uh, a symbolic gallbladder. Uh, you can have this done. <laughs> you can yeah, they got this done magnificently. Uh, if you're a, you, you know if you're an attorney, you can get a a tort, which is you know rolled a parchment tort rolled up beautifully, or you can have it. It's on the front. It says bill of divorcement. And uh, you can, you know, all these symbolic uh, radiator ornaments. Of course, uh, uh, many Euro- European cars have had and have stuck with the radiator ornament throughout all the years. The, the Rolls Royce, uh, it, you know, the, the Rolls to this day has this magnificent winged victory, is what, yeah, Mercedes Benz, of course, with the circle and the three pointed star, which is one of the oldest of the radiator ornaments and, th- and has remained. Uh, by the way, unchanged since the very earliest days of the Mercedes, which is also true of the uh, of the magnificent winged victory on the rolls. Now, uh, I happen to own a car, the Morgan. I own a, a Morgan, Morgan automobile, which back in the early days of the Morgan, uh, around the time of World War One, when they first began to build Morgans, the symbol of the Morgan were spread wings. In fact, they look almost like RAF wings or, or pilots' wings spread wings uh, with this big circle in the middle, a great raised crest, and they have remained with that since the earliest days of the car. I don't know why a lot of American cars have kind of lost their their identity and their rush to look like all the other cars. Can you tell me what the Chevy... Now, here's Chevrolet. They make Chevys today, minions. Uh, what was the Chevrolet radiator ornament? Their classic ornament. And they had one. What was the Buick? <laughs> Buick had a, had a classic ornament. That's an old car, you know. Uh, what was the uh, uh, the other cars? Uh, what was the, uh, uh, for example, uh, in the very earliest days, Mercury had a radiator ornament. And now, of course, uh, the Mercury uh, is, is still being built. But what was it? What was the Lincoln ornament? Lincoln, Lincoln, don't don't come and tell me a little uh, log cabin with Lincoln coming out or something. <laughs> well, you, you see, by the way, the show. If, if you're if you're listening to the show, don't think for a minute this has anything to do with nostalgia. Now, watch, maybe five million old codgers are going to write to me. But a lot of people are studying these radiator ornaments who don't even remember the cars. You know, it's like uh, stamp collectors don't have to live in New Guinea to collect New Guinea stamps. Uh, the radiator ornaments have, have become a great collector's item. And there's a great deal of knowledge around them. 
uh, some of the most unusual radiator ornaments. There are strange ones. For example, the flying cloud was a car. It's a rare ornament, incidentally. Uh, the Rio flying car. They make trucks now. You know what the word Rio stands for? Well, it's somebody's initials. I'll give you that clue. Rio. It stands for R-E-O's. From whom the Oldsmobile was ultimately derived. <laughs> but uh, nevertheless, uh, well, what, what does Chevrolet stand for? Do you ever th- stop to think about that? Well, it was a man named Louis Chevrolet. Louis Chevrolet. A very famous French race driver. What about Buick? Well, it was a man, of course, named Buick that uh, that, that name is based on. Pontiac was an Indian chief, very famous chief. Uh, Lincoln was based on the president, the Lincoln of Lincoln. But I'm probably the only guy you know who is now suffering the dilemma of a magnificent sterling German silver artfully carved pornographic hood ornament. Now, what am I going to have? By the way, if you're over 21, I'll send you a magnificent picture of it. If you're an art student, of course. <laughs> this is WOR New York. You stay tuned for Lester Smith and the News. All right, everybody, let's dance. from the WOR newsroom. The United States military command in Saigon says the purpose of the continuing bombing raids on North Vietnam is to cripple the daily life of Hanoi and Haiphong and to destroy the North's ability to support its forces in South Vietnam. The unidentified official said the ultimate reason for the bombing is to punish North Vietnam's government to the extent that it will sign a new peace agreement. American bombers did resume their mission Saturday Vietnam time Inside South Vietnam, Saigon government forces battled enemy soldiers 25 miles southwest of Da Nang and reported killing 42 communists while one South Vietnamese soldier died in the fighting. In the 15 days of bombing, 93 American airmen are listed as killed, missing, or captured. 27 aircraft have been lost, including 15 B-52s. The bombing offensive has brought out a verbal offensive against it by some congressmen. Today, 22 House Democrats urged Speaker Carl Albert and the party's national chairman, Robert Strauss, to call a special party conference to organize opposition to Mr. Nixon's Vietnam policy change. And on the GOP side, New Jersey Senator Clifford Case said the B-52 raids were without justification. Case called for Congress to set a date for cutting off war funds. Ohio Senator William Saxby, who previously supported Mr. Nixon's Vietnam policy, explained why he now intends to join the war money cutoff side in the Congress. I'm very much alarmed. I, I think it's unproductive, and, and uh, I think that it's uh, just a ridiculous turn of events to uh, wait until 1972 and to uh, say that now we're going to have complete victory by bombing them back to the Stone Age. I thought we'd have made that decision even before... Uh, Police report at least three persons have been killed and eight others injured in an auto accident tonight in Bridgewater Township, New Jersey. The accident involved five cars and occurred just after 7 o'clock in the southbound lane of Route 287. No identities available yet. 
those involved in the multiple vehicle crash. The blood supply shortage is getting worse here in New York City. Today, the Greater New York Blood Program asked metropolitan area doctors to postpone all but urgent surgery because blood supplies are dwindling. The program distributes bloods to hospitals in the city. It covers approximately 280 hospitals. As of tonight, the program said it had only 600 pints available. The blood donation center will be open tomorrow. It's at 310 East 67th Street. Hours are from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. And the Red Cross building at 150 Amsterdam Avenue will also be open those same hours tomorrow for blood donations. Well, here it is again. The Public Service Commission has authorized a total $100 million per year, $110 million per year, temporary rate increase for Con Edison gas, electric, and steam services. The commission said that if it denied the temporary rate hikes, it could seriously jeopardize Con Ed's ability to render service at the uncertain level of reliability that now exists. Con Ed says it needs increased revenue for construction to provide service for more customers. Those who use the minimum allowance of electricity, for example, would get a rate hike of about 2.8%. The major Con Ed electricity users would be paying up to 11.1% more. We'll have more news after this. Here's a safe driving tip from General Tire. During the busy holiday season, highway traffic almost doubles. So please, exercise an extra amount of patience while driving. Now here's another tip from General Tire. Whether you drive a sports car or sedan, a compact or a limousine, General Tire has the tires you need at prices you can afford. Choose from steel-belted radial tires, glass-belted original equipment tires, wide, raised white letter tires, puncture sealing tires, all built to General Tire's exacting standards. Check your size and price at your local General Tire retailer who wishes you and yours a safe and smiling holiday season. General Tire, the safe The WR Radio News Time is five minutes after 11 o'clock. No end-of-the-year surprises from Anthony Devanzo, the chief representative of the 12 unions on strike against the Long Island Railroad. Today, Devanzo met with men from the Long Island Freight Users Association. They told Devanzo that the union should put their wage increase dispute with the railroad to binding arbitration. Devanzo rejected that suggestion, said the pay demand should go to the Federal Wage Price Board. Freight Users Association lawyer William O'Jello predicted no settlement of the strike unless the union agreed.